Welcome Fellowship Asheville to the Fellowship Asheville ConvoCast, where we hope to inspire you with stories of what God is doing in and through the people of Fellowship Asheville. And in this first season, we are introducing you to the elders and, and hearing a little bit about their story. And today we have got Jared Buckner, the newest uh, part, the newest member of our elder team. Um, and so Jared, just kind of introduce yourself, give a little bit of your background. Sure, uh, my name is Jared Buckner. Um, as Fred said, I'm kind of the newest on the elder team, so I'm the new guy, but I've been attending fellowship, gosh, if I, my memory serves correctly, it's five years this past October, uh, which is we're in that season right now in October. Yeah. Um, I have uh, a wonderful wife, Bobby, uh, who homeschools our three kids, uh, Abigail, who's 16, uh, Eliza, who's 14, and Andrew, who's 12. And so she works much harder than I do. So I am thankful for her. Uh, love my kids. They're, they're great. And I work for a company called Avadam Health. Uh, I've been working at least uh, for the same CEO for 21 years. Wow. Um, That's so uncommon today. Yeah. Yeah. We, I've been very fortunate. We, we started with a group of three and we grew it up to as many as 238, I think is the number. Um, and, it's and you been, were part of that original three? Yes, I was. Yeah, wow. uh, it, was, it was his mom uh, and Steve and myself. So, and then and then wow. Josh Montgomery was very quickly after that. So he's yeah. been working almost as long as I have for the company. So, really, really fortunate. Um, been doing that for a while. Um, so yeah, that's kind of that's kind of the short synopsis of of Jared. Well, what? Let's let's do a side trail here real quick. Seeing the company grow from three people to what it is today. How has that journey been for you? Um, it's been good. Uh, challenge, <laughs> cha challenging. Yeah, um, define, let's define good real quick. Yeah. Well, I think with any company, especially when it's a small company, um, entrepreneurial like this, you have a lot of ups, but you also have a lot of downs. And I think uh, being able to see God's fingerprints on our company through the difficult times and through the times where it's going really well, um, I think really grows your faith uh under helps you to understand where you have zero control over good and bad um mm -hmm. and so as a company we try to honor him because avadim is pronounced habadim in hebrew it means servant and okay, so cool. through our products we want to serve and so it's just it's just been a challenge it's been great um been frustrating sad at times um because you go through ups and downs but it's been good mm -hmm. sounds a lot like a church plant <laughs> you know, I, I would those, I would say that would be the case. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. A lot of those same highs and lows from you know being part of the the church from the beginning and and seeing God do what God has done with it. It sounds like a very similar path. That's well, right. besides that, besides being one of the three people that started the company, what's something else about uh you that people don't know right off the bat? Well, I haven't shared this with a ton of people, so now the entire yes. Fellowship Asheville Church yes. will get so to be able to listening end, audience. All five of you my, are going to know this. All five of you. Yeah. My little yeah. secret. Um, yeah. So when I was 18, I got thrown in jail. Do um, tell. Yep. It was, uh, it was a, a harmless tradition at our high school uh, when we were seniors to go and plant signs and tell everyone how great we were. Uh, and it kind of got out of hand and turned into 
um, you know, taking stuff that wasn't ours and planning it at the school. And long story short, um, we got caught. Um, I actually had, uh, with a group of friends of mine, had escaped. Uh, the, the cops were chasing us by foot. But when you're 18 and scared, there's not too many cops that are going to catch you, uh, yeah. especially when they're carrying all the weight. It's just the way it is. So we were yeah. able to kind of get away and, and ended up at a friend's house uh, that night and was under the impression that we had gotten away with it and a knock on my friend's bedroom door. Um, God was after 11, maybe around midnight. Uh, and I saw the state seal of the state of North Carolina and I knew immediately what it was. It was a cop. Uh -huh. And so he took us to, uh, the jail cell, put us in jail. Uh, we were there all night and in the wee hours of the morning, he said, Hey, um, we're calling your parents. And I was like, Oh, I'm, I'm not sure I want you to do that. <laughs> uh, but, uh, so we were in the jail uh, portion and they have this big door that leads out to kind of, uh, I guess the foyer of the jail cell it's, and, and it swung open. And the first person that I saw was my mother who was a career educator in the County and everybody knew my mom and, mm -hmm. uh, man, it was not a pleasurable experience. Uh, I, I think I was probably harder on myself than my parents were on me. And, you know, we have those kind of landmarks in your life to where um, the Lord uses those mm -hmm. as opportunities to grow and opportunities to follow him. And through that experience, the Lord used that for me to really start on a journey of pursuing him. Uh, it's, it's one thing to say, yes, I know who Jesus is. And then to be able to get started through that discipleship process of saying, you know, what does it look like to pursue Jesus in such a way to be more like him? And that's the experience that led me to that place um, of understanding there's, there's something more than just going to be in heaven. Uh, it's pursuing him. And, mm -hmm. There's a lot of people who say, hey, man, I would love to change things in my past. You know, that's one I don't think I would like to change mm. uh, because it had such an impact on me. You know, when I chose Jesus, I lost a lot of friends um, because of my choice to go with him and pursue him. Mm. Um, but I gained a lot more. Yeah. And I was thankful for that. I was thankful that um, the Lord used that opportunity to teach me and to lead me towards um, him. And so I'm thankful for that. So would you say there was, if I'm understanding you correctly, there was probably a point in your life before that where you said yes to the gospel, maybe, but, but this is what kind of solidified it for you? Is that what, yeah, is that what you're yeah. saying? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was 14 when I accepted the Lord, but I, I just don't think I had a good idea of what it meant to pursue Jesus. I knew mm -hmm. I didn't want to be in hell, right? Mm -hmm. And I knew that there was a God that loved me, and I was wanting that. Um, but I, I really didn't fully understand what it meant to walk with the Lord. And I think through that process, I think we're always discovering what it means to walk with the Lord. I don't think we're at any age where we arrive and go, Hey, I know what it means to walk with the Lord. I don't think, I think we're at a, a continual pursuit, but it was definitely a starting point for me, um, to really start pursuing the Lord, um, meeting, uh, at church on a routine basis and Bible studies mm -hmm. and, just trying to discover who he is. So 
uh, it took me four years to really figure that part out. I was kind of doing my own thing. And then the Lord went, Hey, here's something that I'm going to put in your life yeah. that kind of changes you. Well, I'm so thankful it was only four years. I know mm. people who have decades in between their right. decision to follow Jesus and then hitting that, that, that crisis of faith that solidifies their faith for them. And they start sure. growing in, in, um, in, in David's life, he had this cave that he went to when Saul was chasing him called the Cave of Adullam. And it's and he had already already been anointed king, but he wasn't king yet, you know. And so, it was it was in that cave though where he started acting like a king, uh, because Saul came in looking for him. And I think if the if if I remember the scriptures correctly, it says that Saul bent down to relieve himself, which means Saul was like taking a dump. And David snuck up behind him and cut a corner of his robe off. And then Saul left, not knowing David was that close, because Saul was pursuing David. And um, David, all of a sudden, after that happened, realized he had overstepped his bounds. And what he was going to use to just kind of show off and say, you know, you're pursuing me, and I was right behind you, and you didn't even know it, and you were relieving yourself, and blah, 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 blah. And so David stood up, and, and even stood up before Saul and confessed his sin. Um, that even though David was anointed king, Saul was still in the position of king and said, you know, um, you're the Lord's anointed right now. And, and I overstepped my bounds. And it was in that moment that I think he started acting like a king. Yeah. And I've heard people say everybody kind of has to go through their cave of Adullam to, to realize that who they um, are called to be starts matching up with who they are. And it's that kind of crisis of faith where that makes a shift. So I'm thankful years only took four years. Like I said, there are people that, man, it takes decades for them to do that. Well, let's talk about you being new on the elder team. Um, you are the newest person. Um, I would love for you to describe from your point of view what it was like to go through that process. And let me kind of explain to people what the process is of becoming an elder. Uh, typically what happens is an elder nominates someone to be an elder. Uh, myself or another member of the, of the elder team meets with that nominee, uh, gives them a book uh, that is only about that thick. I mean, it is a short book, but it is packed and it's about what it means to be an elder. And the reason we use a short book is because there's another book that's about that thick and it says about the same thing. So, so we figure this short book is a little better. Um, but we want uh, the nominee, elder nominee, to, to understand what it means to be an elder. And then they meet with either myself or another member of the elder team again to ask questions. The elders vote to move that person from a nominee to a candidate. And then it starts the interview process. We sit down with them. We sit down with their spouse, them and their spouse, and interview. And it's really an opportunity to ask questions and, and get answers. Then we stand them up in front of the church to make sure their reputation with the public is a good reputation. And then we, the elders do a final vote to move them into eldership. Um, but what, so that's the, that's the process. What was it like for you? Well, I remember there was one particular Sunday where you had stood up in front of the church and said, hey, we're kind of looking for elders, so to speak. And and I remember that day something stirred inside of me, but I was I didn't act on it because I was like, yeah, it's not for me. Uh, you know, so I just remained quiet. 
And since I work with Josh, I would ask him every now and again, hey, how's it going with the elder search? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, he, he would tell me. And and then uh, that one, I got a call from Josh one Sunday evening and said, hey. And I knew when he called me on a Sunday <laughs> evening on my home phone that there was something. <laughs> he had said, hey, would you consider this? And I said, sure. And and so to your point, Fred, I went through the process. Um, I got the book from, I think it was from Josh. and. I started reading through it and then uh, if I could use one word, it was very sobering Mm. Um, because it's a, it's a, it's a charge, right. For, for the elders to go out. And as I was reading through this book, I was wrestling with my own sinful nature. Mm. And I'm like, what, what am I going to do about this? If I'm supposed to be an elder, what am I supposed to do with me? Cause I'm, I'm not really good. Uh, I'm kind of a guy who is sinful like everybody else that struggle and, you know, go through these different trials and things of that nature. So when I think Fred, I'd called you on uh, going home one day, mm-hmm. say, Hey man, I'm really wrestling with this. Right. And, and I just started to, you know, the Lord began to show me that it had nothing to do with me, but everything to do with him. And, um, that I'm not going to be perfect. I'm going to be uh, wrong. Uh, I'm going to be right. And, and none of that matters. Um, is the pursuit of Jesus mm-hmm. and trying to just follow him. And, um, man, there were some other questions in there and just, it's a big charge. It can be overwhelming at times. Yeah. Um, so I, I think walking through that process was very good. Um, and again, it was sobering. It, it showed me who, um, who I am a lot as I was asking the Lord about through that process and, and talking to my wife about it, you know, I was mm-hmm. like, Hey honey, what do you think about this? And, and my wife's great. She was fully supportive from day one. Um, but going through that process was difficult. And, and as I've joined, I think it was July was when I joined uh, mm-hmm. of this year. Um, uh, it's been great. I mean, I, I've really enjoyed the opportunity to serve. Uh, and cause that's, that's the way we look at it is serving. And, um, I'm really thankful for being a part of a great group of men and I have, uh, really enjoyed the process and we know there's some sticky things and there's some great things and there's praise reports and there's prayers that need to go up. And I'm just thankful that the Lord has allowed me to be a part of something bigger than me. Um, yeah. and knowing that I don't have to be perfect. Uh, I just, I just try to try my best to follow him. And, and that's what's been great about this process. Has anything surprised you about being an elder? Has anything surprised me? Um, I think I didn't realize as I jumped on the inner workings of the church, how much goes on behind the scenes, so to speak. Hmm. Um, now, I still don't fully know what goes on behind the scenes based on, all the folks that work on the staff full time. Yeah. But I, I get kind of 80,000 foot. Yeah, can you elaborate on that a little bit? What? Yeah. There... Just, I mean, as you look at some of the decisions that have to be made as far as budgets and we've got this on the table and how do we navigate that? And we, the church needs this. And then you throw on all those things during this COVID thing. So I, I jump in in the middle of this COVID thing to where, we don't have church. Like we're just kind of doing it virtual mm-hmm. and trying to navigate those waters of opening back up. 
and what that looks like and all the time and effort spent in opening up the church. By the way, thank you, staff. My goodness, what a unbelievable uh, opening it is and is continuing to be. I know there was a lot of work and I want to thank everybody. This is my plug to thank all the staff and including you, Fred, of doing that. But I think it's just navigating a lot of different issues that if you are just coming to church every Sunday, I'm not sure that you would you would know that all these things are going on. Yeah, uh, it's kind of like a project production of a play. You know, all, you got all mm. these things going behind, and then man, you see this awesome play, but sometimes you're not privy to all the little details. And I'm not to everything, as I said earlier, but I think that was a surprise to me of yeah. everything that goes on behind the scenes. Yeah, I've, I've heard it described a lot like a duck on a pond. That you, you know, you see the top of it, and the duck looks calm, cool, and collected. But right under the surface, the duck <laughs> is just exactly going right. 100 miles an hour. You know, that's, that's right. That's right. That's kind of what right. Sunday is. There's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot of work that goes into to making Sunday, uh, to making Sunday work. Well, what what have you enjoyed most about your time here at as an elder? Five years. Yeah. Oh my or, five years. Or, or, five yeah, years five year, what, what have you enjoyed most about your five years here? Oh man. Um, you know, I came from a home fellowship before I visited uh, Fellowship Asheville. Describe that. Was, what's what's a home fellowship for? Yeah, so a home so church is, you know, we meet, um, and we were meeting in the basement of my mom's house. Uh, mm -hmm. There was about a dozen people there. Uh, it was small. And there's no preacher. There's no choir. You know, we sit, we praise the Lord just like everybody else did. We had songbooks. We had um, kind of very much like an elder-type-led home fellowship we had some mm -hmm. men there that that were responsible for bringing the word and um and it was very tight-knit um i really enjoyed that there was a lot of growth the good news is you can't hide um if there's mm -hmm. something going on with you everybody knows it if you get a praise report everybody knows it so there's mm -hmm. no sitting in the back and hiding it's like there's 12 people <laughs> um and so i went from 12 to back then fred i'm guessing there were 70 to 80 at fellowship at that time yeah yeah because yeah, we were over at the y and even with 70 i walked in and i was like whoa i'm, I'm not sure i'm ready for this there's 70 people here um and so uh it took some getting used to uh because i've been doing that since i was 18 years old wow. so it, it was a a long long time and it was a abrupt change and um what what led you to make that change the Lord stirred inside me that I needed to, to, to go, and it took me a year to leave. I bet, because that's a huge change. Yeah, it took me a year to leave. The Lord was stirring in me, and then finally, you know, the decision was made. We left, and uh, Josh, obviously, I've been working with, and uh, who's, full disclosure, my college roommate. Um, that's how mm -hmm. long I've known Josh, a long time. And he said, hey, I'm going to here to fellowship. You should you should join. And I was like, sure, I'll try. And and. I kept coming back mm -hmm. and uh, Fred, I, I remember mom, you the first, with your mom, with my mom. Yeah. Who was a part of that home fellowship. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, it was, it was very, uh, it was a very neat process. Uh, yeah. I think just feeling welcomed was the biggest thing I could say. And when I met you and you remembered my name the next week, I was like, mm -hmm. Oh, he remembered who I was. And, and that was important to me um, that, that somebody knew my name and when they saw me, they were glad to see me and waved. And, um, I was, uh, that was probably the biggest impact on me was people remembering me and welcoming me and making me feel like that I belong there. <laughs>
Yeah, you know, at, at, with with Amy being part of assimilation and all of that, like it's uh, one of the things that we hold to kind of the core of that ministry is uh, God gives people names for a reason. Like even in scripture, names are important. Um, and, and even when someone's new, if, if somebody remembers their name, that's important. You know, it shows that you care for them and, and, and shows that they're a part of what God is doing there. And so we do, a, it's, it is, that's, a, that's another one of those areas where it may look cool and calm on the surface, but man, there's a lot of pedaling underneath because, you know, typically what, what happens is on a Sunday when we get visitors and new visitors, Amy and I meet uh, during the week and we go over the names of each person that visited. And, and I have a list so that I can start connecting their name to their face and, and remembering them. Because it's one thing when a greeter says hi, it's another thing when the pastor meets them and remembers their name. And so there's a lot of work that goes into that. Because just like you said, it makes a difference when somebody walks in and they remember your name from meeting them the week before. So I'm glad, I'm glad that happened. All right, one last question. Uh, define Fellowship Asheville in one word. Authentic. Authentic. Unpack that for me a little bit. Well, that was a word I used and I was put on the spot by a visitor to our church. Uh, and you know who I'm talking about, uh -huh, about 18 uh -huh. months ago. I think it was about 18 months ago. Yeah, probably. We, had, we were told through Amy's great work and one of the uh, greeting staff that she invited a friend from her gym. And she says, hey, be looking for her. She's going to be here, and she'll be looking around. And just as she had described it, she had come up the stairs, and I was the first one that she saw. And she said, hey, um... I'm here, you know, to visit the church, and and I said, sure. So I gave her a little tour of the sanctuary, talked a little bit about the church, and she looked at me, and she said, describe for me one word what fellowship is. How would you describe it? And I went, oh, my gosh, you're putting me on the spot here. And I used the word authentic. And what was so great about that day that the Lord is so kind, and he's always on time, and he always knows, during that uh, particular uh, message, Fred, you had kind of said, look, guys, pray for me on this. I need prayer for this. I can't remember what this was, to be quite yeah. honest with you. But it was so authentic. It's like, how many churches do you get to go to where the lead pastor is up there looking at his congregation going, hey, y'all need to pray with me and for me on this. I, you know, I just need y'all. Mm. Right. And that was such a, a, a divine uh, just appointment. Mm. And for her to see one word that described Fellowship Asheville, authentic, and then for her to see the lead pastor going, hey, man, I, I need you to pray for me, it was perfect. So that's the word that I would use for Fellowship Asheville. We, you kind of are who you are. There's no, nothing hidden, no hidden agenda. Yeah. We just want to love on you. We want you to be here. We want you to experience Christ, and uh, we want you to be a, a disciple of the King, and I think that's, uh, that's what's so awesome about Fellowship. Yeah, yeah. Well, Jared, thanks for your time. I appreciate you. Thanks for sharing. Um, church, if you want to reach out to Jared, the easiest way to do that is go to our website and you'll see the elders listed there and their emails are attached to that. So you can shoot him an email. If you have any questions or, or, or any, want any follow-up about anything that he shared, I'm sure he would love to, um, love to connect with you. So uh, Jared, thanks. Y'all, we'll be back next week with another episode. See you then.